Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. I want to thank you for spending time with us every weeknight. And I got to say, I'm looking forward to uh, discussing this with an author uh, of the book called Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, 39 Tiny Mistakes That Changed the World Forever. And author Jared Knott, thank you for coming on to Overnight America. Yes, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. I really enjoy books that have some sort of historical context to it. And there are a lot of great political stories in this book and things that have changed. And I think people understand the term butterfly effect. They, they kind of look at it. Some people say that doesn't actually exist, but there are a lot of instances that would suggest that. Well, if it doesn't exist, there's a lot of coincidences out there. Uh, yes. Well, of course, uh, in the book that we talk about, uh, Mr. Lorenz, Dr. Lorenz, uh, who coined the phrase, and the basic principle is a single tiny uh, misstep or, uh, or factor early on in a progression can multiply and domino and uh, have a huge impact farther on uh, down the line. So this was a review uh, of the butterfly effect in human history. And my inspiration, really, uh, for the book was uh, kind of the old adage that comes from Benjamin Franklin, uh, that from one of the nail, the shoe was lost. From one of the shoe, the writer was lost. From one of the writer, the empire was lost. The empire uh, was lost all for the war of a nail, okay? Uh, just one thing leading to the next, the next, the next. And um, but the question is, how often does that really happen that a single tiny mistake ends up uh, causing an entire empire to collapse? Well, you'll be amazed how often it's happened uh, over and over again. Yeah, I got to say on a personal level, I think about this all the time. I think about, okay, this guy slowed down and they stopped at the red light and I missed the light because of this. So I'm angry. But then I stop and think, well, what if I would have gone further? Would something bad happen? Is this just preventing me from further harm? Could this actually have been a good thing? And I wonder about those little moments in life that have played out that way on a personal level. I'm sure you've had to have too. Oh, sure. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's true for us in our individual lives. Uh, of course, I've met this young woman at the party, and we got married, and we had children, and if I had money, then what would happen, and so on like that. So that, uh, there's a, a whole bunch of those uh, uh, factors, one after the other, that leads down this road or that road or another. But the, the essence of the book is a little tiny mistake that would seem to be a, a, a insignificant at the time has a massive uh, consequences uh, later on. Um, and well, would you like a, a few examples? 
I would. And I love that you're talking about historical figures that we all know. And even looking at the cover of your book, you can see a few of them. And if people wanted to look it up on Amazon, Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, um, you can find it on there. Where no, Actually, where can you get your book? Because I, I hopped on Amazon real quick, and uh, it looks like the Kindle is what's available. So you can get like an e-reader well, version of it. Well, yeah, what you got at tinyblundersbigdisasters.com. Okay, we'll take you to the website, and into the website you can see, uh, see the trailer, and you can also go to the uh, Amazon uh, website and place an order. Okay, a dollar ninety nine for the uh, Kindle version. I think it's a, uh, a little more than fourteen, fifteen dollars for the uh, uh, printed version that uh, comes to you from Amazon. But tinyblundersbigdisasters.com is, really cool. is the best way to get to the website. Great. So, yeah, let's get a couple of examples of those, um, because you, you cover some in the book, these um, the tiny blunders, big disasters, the butterfly effect uh, in human history. So what are some of those that stand out to you that really am, in, uh, amazed you? Sure. Yes. Uh, for example, each one kind of has a little bit of a teaser. A single piece of tape rotated several inches the wrong direction. The outcome of the Vietnam War, the United States might very well have won, except for this single tiny mistake. Which doesn't make any sense, right? When we're talking about a piece of tape, it has to do with the Watergate breaking. The burglars were jimmying the lock between the parking garage and the office complex, the Watergate. They were told to hold the striker of the door down with a piece of tape in the vertical position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they made a mistake and they put it in the horizontal position. Okay, well, uh, so the night watcher walking by, Frank Wills sees the tape on the door face, okay, which you would not have seen if it had been in the vertical position. Wait a minute, wait a minute, the door's been jimmied here, so he calls the police, okay? And the police uh, originally were going to send a, a uniformed officer, but uh, there's a good indication, uh, strong rumor that the uh, uniformed officer was drunk in a local bar and could not respond to the call. Instead, the uh, bum patrol, there were three officers dressed as hobos in a jalopy car, and they show up there at the Watergate, and the lookout does not recognize them as police officers, which you would have recognized a uniform officer. So they get inside the building, they arrest James McCord, okay, that leads to Watergate, that leads to the Nixon administration collapsing. Henry Kissinger was saying they knew that the North Vietnamese were going to be testing the treaty. The plan was to go back in there and bomb the living daylights out of them to get them back in compliance. But they were so weak politically, they couldn't. South Vietnam collapses. Nixon administration collapses. It all falls apart because of a single piece of tape rotated several inches in the wrong direction and a drunk police officer. But I'm <laughs> It's amazing. Do you have any kids, out of curiosity? Yes, I do. I married a widow with uh, three children. Then we had twins of our own. My last yeah. name is not, and so my twins are known as the double knots. But I'm, I'm Love it. I I think about uh, this is the type of story I would tell my kid. He's six. And if he leaves a toy out or something and I step on it and it hurts, I'll say, you just set off a chain reaction. Oh, boy, this is what will happen. And then I come up with this grand scheme of things of uh, everything that could happen leading up to it to try to scare him not to leave his toys on the floor anymore. I I, uh, think that this could inspire a few of those type of stories. It's really amazing, honestly, uh, to to be to, to be able to say if this event wouldn't have happened the way it happened, look at everything that would have happened differently. And, you know, it, how do you know? Like, it, I, is there a certain amount of assumption that goes into it saying, yeah, well, even if this would have played out differently, we still would have had a problem with Vietnam? Like, how do you really know? You don't know. You don't know. And uh, by the way, kind of jumping ahead to the end of the book, there's a famous book out there has called the Checklist Manifesto, uh, written by a, a doctor, uh, Atoa Gawani. And uh, in it, he uh, talks about how 
uh, tiny mistakes in the operating room can lead to, of course, fatalities. And uh, there's complexity that they're dealing with in the operating room, so many different things going on at one time. And he was, is it becoming so complex that human beings uh, cannot handle it? And as you said, I'm wondering how they uh, handle this sort of situation over there in the airline industry, because they also deal with great complexity there. He went over and uh, interviewed the people there at Boeing, and uh, it took them all the way back to a famous airplane crash way back in 1935. And it was the, uh, uh, there's a call, the, what later became the uh, Flying Fortress. It was the prototype for the Flying Fortress. And uh, it was being flown in a test flight by two of the very, very best test pilots that Boeing had. But they made a mistake. They, for- they forgot to turn off, I think it was the elevator lift, okay, which uh, was to throw, to throw this one switch, which forced the nose of the airplane up, uh, caused the airplane to stall and pancake down, and killed uh, both of the pilots. Some of the passengers escaped, but they were killed. Well, it was a simple mistake. And, uh, and so they were wondering, uh, boy, what can we do to make sure? These were the, some of the best test pilots that they had. What can we do to make sure that this sort of thing does not happen again? And he went back to an ancient tool, the humble checklist. And so now, beginning kind of at that point, and very much to this day, uh, pilots have a very tight checklist between the pilot and the co-pilot, and they go through every single item. Item number one, two, three, switch off. Okay, item number two, uh, such as elevator lift, uh, switches to switch off, whatever. And uh, this such and such a dial is turned such and such a position. They double check, double check, double check. Human beings can only think about one thing at a time. So the purpose of the checklist is to make sure you think about each and every one of these different items that they're all taken care of. And that has saved thousands of lives over the years. Going into World War II, they had a lot of amateur pilots learning to fly bombers for the first time. If they did not have that a checklist system, there have been countless people that would have been killed and countless actions that would have taken place. And they took that basic idea the checklist manifesto and applied it to the operating room, okay? And they discovered that two things, not only that that was very, very effective in reducing fatalities, but also they discovered in the operating room, if each person in the operating room introduced themselves, my name is so-and-so and here's my purpose, I'm the anesthesiologist and something like that, the communication was much better, okay? And when this communication was better, coordination was better, and the combination of the checklist and also people communicating better reduced uh, fatalities in the operating room by like something like a 36%. It's just an amazing breakthrough. Now, of course, it's uh, standard throughout the industry having a, 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 what we call a timeout everybody stops and they review everything and they go down the checklist to make sure they have the antibiotics that they're going to need potentially, the plasma they're going to need potentially on a cart there nearby, full checklist, full review, uh, depending on uh, that to make sure they're well prepared rather than just going by instinct. That makes sense. Yeah, kind of. You know what I imagine is that in your office when you're putting like a book like this together, there's just a bunch of like news articles and red wire connecting them. Like there's all of this giant web <laughs> of yarn that has to like and connects all the dots together. Do you mind holding on after the break? I'd love to sure. talk to you more about this. And people Absolutely. can find the book online from Jared Knott, Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters. If you do a search for it online and go directly to your website, which is tinyblundersbigdisasters.com, you can find ways to exactly get it there. Right. This, this is Overnight America, KMOX. St. Louis's Morning News. Total Information AM. Weekday mornings at 5 on KMOX and KMOX.com. He is the author of a book you can go find online at tinyblundersbigdisasters.com. 39 Tiny Mistakes That Changed the World Forever. Jared Knott, thank you for spending time with us tonight on KMOX. Thank you very much. My pleasure. You know, this is... 
more of a uh, philosophical question than anything else. And different uh, scientists have put up the idea that a multiverse may exist, multiple universes running simultaneously that may have been changed by little things and split off or whatever it is. And, you know, there's movies and television shows that mm -hmm. follow this sort mm -hmm. of timeline. Do you ever wonder, like, wow, I wonder if the ball would have bounced the other way, what that multiverse would have looked like? Uh, yes, um, I don't uh, get into the metaphysics uh, too much. I tend to think that we have just the one universe. Although, of course, we don't know what's going on out there. There's, uh, um, I, I read a book recently about imagining heaven, and there's uh, some uh, fairly strong evidence to indicate that there is uh, life after death. A lot of people have uh, died and then uh, come back and resuscitated and come back, and they say that uh, yes, there's sure is heaven on the other side. In fact, in two cases, they say that there was uh, some people were uh, afraid they were in hell and had to pray themselves out of it. So it's uh, that gets into a whole great big uh, subject. But um, I don't know. I mean, there was a, uh, a creating force behind this universe has the ability to do uh, many, many, many things, and I do not know the answer to all those yeah. questions. I know. It's, it's fun to think about it now. And, yeah, talking about the heaven thing, I always wondered when I was younger, what would you ask? If you had the unlimited ability to ask any question and get the answers you want, and, of course, uh, you know, the, when we think about it, it's always selfish to ourselves, as in, you know, mm -hmm. oh, did so-and-so ever like me? Or, you know, what was the closest I ever got to dying? Or blah, blah, blah. You know, people would always want to know those things. How many... Um, how many uh, hairs did I grow in my life or, you know, things like that. But then I realized that you know, as much as I'd like to know those things, I don't think you'd care if you're in heaven. None of those things would matter to you. And um, it's, it's amazing. Like this is kind of a, uh, a carnal thing, you know, for us to wonder about these things on the planet. But it's sure fascinating here to look at it. Uh, yes. Uh, on the other side, okay, with heaven, I think everything changes. I would guess everything changes. Things are important to us here different kinds of vanities and so on and so forth and egotism and so on and so forth are not of any value on the other side. Of course, we're getting into a, a cheap, deep uh, philosophical discussion, and I don't know the answer, but uh, <laughs> maybe all of us will find out the answer someday. Yeah. So talk about vanity. Uh, looking at the cover of your book, Marilyn Monroe's on there. Do you have a story of her inside of your book? Well, yes, that just is an indirect reference to uh, John uh, Kennedy. And of course, he was um, involved with uh, many different uh, affairs. She was just uh, one of many. The one that is actually uh, more dangerous, it was a, 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 a East German uh, spy agent um, who was um, known to Khrushchev, and she had an affair with John Kennedy, uh, one of the number of women that did. And there was a, a, a senator, a Republican senator, I think it was Williams, who had begun an investigation uh, into the president having an affair with an East German agent, okay? And it could have been a huge, huge scandal. It could have possibly led to uh, impeachment. Uh, Robert Kennedy uh, uh, was very concerned about the situation. He went to J. Edgar Hoover. I need some help here in this situation. We're doing an investigation heading toward with the president, and I need your help. And first, uh, J. Edgar Hoover just kind of brushed him off. You know, I'm disgusted with the whole thing. I don't want to get involved. And so, but he, uh, Robert Kennedy persisted, uh, and so John, uh, J. Edgar Hoover said, yes, he wanted several things, a couple of favors, and plus also he wanted to have lunch with the president. Well, we can work that out. So anyway, they, uh, he ended up going to Mr. Senator Williams, I think it was, and uh, he, he kept dossiers on almost everybody. And Mr. Williams, we have, uh, Senator Williams, we have these things on you. I'm sure you don't want them to come out. Maybe you should drop the investigation of uh, President Kennedy. Well, okay, okay. So the whole thing was just kind of hushed up and never took place. But it could have been an ugly, ugly scandal back in the early, uh, early 1960s.
Okay, talking about uh, John Kennedy's dalliances. Looking on the cover too, is that Ted Kennedy on the cover? Does he have a story that's part of this? That, of course, is uh, Chappaquiddick, and yeah. uh, it's a ugly, ugly, ugly thing uh, that Virgil Capegni did not have to buy. There was absolutely no reason for it whatsoever. If he just went running, there were houses not very far away with the lights on, and people in those houses, you go running down the 50 yards, 30 yards, whatever it is, you bang on the door, please call the police, call the police, the woman's trapped in the car in the water, uh, please come out, the diver comes out, they get her out within 20, 30 minutes, she would have lived, it would have been a minor uh, incident, minor scandal versus the ugly thing that it was. And uh, Ted Kennedy, I'm sorry, uh, just uh, simply uh, behaved like a rotten scoundrel at a critical moment. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a very sad uh, story, and uh, I'm afraid it uh, makes him look uh, pretty, uh, pretty weak and pretty, uh, pretty corrupt. Yeah, and think about the aspirations that he could have been president. A lot of people thought he could have, and a lot of the things that could have changed if that would have turned. Yes, I don't know if he would have been a good president. He had huge amount of uh, support, had excellent staff, had all these things going for him. But uh, at his core, his uh, son uh, was saying, who uh, was uh, suffering from uh, alcoholism himself, was saying that his father died of alcoholism, and that uh, his father's uh, Ted Kennedy would keep uh, vodka in his water bottles and also had a lot of recreational drugs and uh, uh, pill containers they had with him. And he was constantly uh, indulging in uh, 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 substance abuse. And then that's it. He died of alcoholism and he was in his 70s. Uh, so it was uh, uh, not a pretty story. Not a pretty story. It was some, uh, Ted Kennedy had uh, many accomplishments, had a man of considerable ability. But I'm afraid there's some very, very deep uh, character flaws uh, in his, uh, his overall behavior. So that's, yeah. uh, he's, not, he's, not a, he's not a hero in the book. Yeah, so I, ever since you mentioned that uh, stories about heaven and such, I, I keep thinking back about there's a radio personality by the name of Michael Medved. He wrote a book not that long ago that was a really good book uh, called God's Hand in America. Talk about divine providence and all the little things that had to go right in order for this country to be founded. Uh, do you believe in divine providence in some of these cases? Do you ever come to that conclusion? Oh, I think real, real uh, hard question uh, the um that's determinism and the free will and so on and so forth i uh ooh, I, that's a i don't know uh, i do not know the answer in some ways you want to say that everything has been preordained by a, uh, a god that is all powerful but at the same time you want to believe that human beings have free will and we can choose to go down the right road or the wrong road do the right thing do the wrong thing and life is all about choices people making bad choices of course ruin their lives and the choices of course have for the much better results there those are big metaphysical questions. <laughs> okay. Yes, they and, are. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, and I don't uh, pretend to know the answers. Uh, what I, I do have, though, is um, a lot of cautionary tales about how little tiny mistakes can blow up in your face if you're not uh, real careful. But uh, would you like another example, maybe? Yeah. How about after the break, we'll do that one. Uh, we'll, we'll do Very some good. more because I, I think that it's, when you look at these examples and the way the story played out and what that led to, sometimes I don't, I don't know how, at least if it was for me, if I was doing the research, the first thing I would think of is, man, there, I wonder how much of God's hand was in this because there's just, it's so weird to look at so many different coincidences happen at a time to turn out the way it did. And I think a lot of, it's just natural for people to think that way. And it goes back to what I was saying at the start of 
the, the segment. We think about it in our own personal ways. You know, what if uh, I made that light or what if uh, I left that mm-hmm. day? Could have, bad things have happened? Good things could have happened. Who knows? The way yes, I have a story that applies to that particular point. Uh, I'll tell you when we get back from the, from the break. Uh, yes. Excellent. And people can look your book up online. You are at tinyblundersbigdisasters.com. We can find the yes, book sir. on there. Exactly correct. 39 Tiny Mistakes That Changed the World Forever. And author Jared Knott will get right back after the break. And we'll take a look at your weather, too, on Overnight America KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Cardinal Spring Training is underway in Jupiter, Florida. And KMOX's Mike Claiborne is covering it all. Hear his daily reports, mornings and afternoons. And on Cardinal's Open Live, sponsored in part by T.R. Hughes Homes. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. In Overnight America, live with you tonight. And then on the podcast, if you search for Overnight America there, or on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio. Joining us now is the author of a book, which you can go find online, get the ebook. It's probably nice and easy for you to do that. It's called Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, 39 Tiny Mistakes That Changed the World Forever. Jared Knott, I'm having a, a good time. Thank you for joining us tonight. Great honor. Great honor. Enjoy. Enjoy talking about the, the blue disaster. It's filled with uh, a whole bunch of interesting stories. Yeah, <laughs> and you were mentioning right before the break, something came to mind. We were I mentioned uh, Divine Providence and the founding and all of these things, and that, that yes. spurred a memory for you. So what was that? Yes, uh, it's actually the, the chapter on uh, Antietam Creek. Uh, the subtitle is, Most People Do Not Realize How Close the South Came to Winning the War. And it was just one little tweak, one little one chance that it been. And flipped the switch the other way and kept the uh, and kept the war from being uh, a southern victory rather than a northern victory. Um, to give you a quick summary, 
took over, okay, uh, as command of the, of the Southern forces. He then won four uh, major battles in succession, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Battle of the Peninsula uh, and then also the, uh, uh, the Second Manassas and two others. And so then, uh, but he decided that the uh, South could not win uh, because uh, the blockade would eventually strangle it into submission. And so his plan was to invade the North, okay, win uh, decisive victories, and then uh, turn the, the entire outcome of the war on its head. Now, you should understand this. At the same time, he was planning this grand strategy of invading the North. On the other side of the pond, uh, England and France were in what they called a cotton famine because the, bar- the uh, blockade had cut off all sources of cotton. They had their textile industries over there with no cotton to spend, put them into a terrible uh, economic uh, recession. And they were uh, concerned, uh, considering the possibility of granting recognition to the South. Okay, that was very important because if they did that, then British ships could sail in to Charleston Harbor, to New Orleans, and so on and so forth. And they were challenged by Union blockade ships. That's an act of war against Great Britain and against France, which, of course, the United States uh, could not uh, sustain. So that would have broken the blockade. That would have forced Lincoln into a negotiated settlement with the South, which is the equivalent of a Southern victory. Okay, so that's kind of in the background. So Robert Lee uh, is invading, uh, crosses the Potomac, and invades into Maryland, and he explained his strategy to General Walker, one of his generals. And they planned to uh, to invade, okay, uh, and then they were going to cut the east-west uh, rail lines uh, from the west, okay, and then he was going to move up uh, to the Susquehanna River and uh, threaten uh, uh, Philadelphia, uh, Baltimore, or Washington as suited his purpose. He explained this to General Walker, and the general was just astonished. You were going to leave the, uh, the Union at your rear, the Union armies at your rear. That's a very, very bold move, and he said, are you familiar with General Meade? He said, General Meade is a good soldier, but a very cautious one. He has just suffered, suffered four major defeats. He will think he's not ready for uh, a major campaign. He will not be ready, or he will not think he's ready for three or four weeks. And by that time, I plan to be on the Susquehanna, uh, threatening Philadelphia, threatening Baltimore. And, of course, a major victory like that would be all what the, that the Great Britain and France needed to recognize the South, and that could have been a turning point for the entire war. Okay. But here's what happened, <laughs> okay? Uh, Union uh, soldiers were on a campground in a cornfield there in Maryland. And they looked over on the ground there, and uh, on the ground was an envelope uh, with official-looking papers in it wrapped around, uh, wrapped around three cigars. Well, they opened up the envelope, and, and sure enough, and the, the official orders of Robert Lee, okay, which outlined this entire grand strategy, of invading Maryland, and he had his uh, showed his army spread out over a period a, a period of an area of like uh, thirty miles. And they said, "Well, what is this?" They passed it up to the captain, they passed it up to the colonel, they passed it up to the general. It goes all the way up to General Lee. Okay, and he sees, "My gosh, this is on lease." And they have people that can verify the signatures, the writing, and so on and so forth. He said, "I've got Robert Lee's uh, plans. If I can't whip Bobby Lee with with these orders, they are got to send me home." Okay. But there was a spy, okay, who happened to get wind of what was going on there and got word to General Lee that, that General Meade knew what he was doing and what his plans were. So it gave Robert Lee a chance to reconcentrate his forces. They had the huge battle of Antietam Creek, which was the most uh, the bloodiest day uh, in American history. 21,000, I think, soldiers killed or wounded in, in one day. But then Lee was able to slip back across the Potomac before he uh, was hit with a, a total disaster. But it had not been for a careless Southern officer dropping that envelope wrapped around three cigars in a Maryland cornfield, okay, the whole thing, the war 
might have turned out very differently. Might have been another major Robert Lee victory. Might have led to the recognition of the South by Great Britain and France. Might have changed the outcome of the war. And that would have been a disaster. So I was uh, speculating in the book. Maybe it was the uh, divine providence. Maybe it was the hand of God that came in and, uh, and caused it to happen the way it did. From, wow. Uh, if, type of stories like that that reach that sort of magnitude, if you were to look at that in a screenplay or a book or whatever, you would think, oh, that's not that's not logical. That could never happen. That would. But, you know, there's a lot of those examples in American history where exactly those sort of things happened. And it's a good thing that you're out documenting them. How did you even find out about some of these, by the way? Do you stumble across them? Well, I just uh, over the years, I had just uh, read a lot of the stories. And when I got the basic concept for the book, I would just remember this story and read, remember that story and then uh, piece it together and go back and do the research. And then, of course, do more research and discover more ideas as you came along. And so there's just uh, a, a large number of them out there. It's uh, fairly common uh, for a single mistake, not in every case, of course, but uh, very common for a single mistake to have uh, ugly consequences that could, uh, could, could change everything. Let me give you another one. You ready for another one? Yeah, I love them. Yeah, keep going. It's yeah. great. Yes, uh, there's, uh, this has to do with a, a butterfly ballad. It's not the butterfly effect, but a butterfly ballad. And the teaser is that a single document, poorly designed by one single clerk and one single county, changed the outcome of a presidential election and led directly to a major war. The war would not have taken place if it had not been for this single tiny mistake. And that, that, that had to do with the, that 2000 election down in Florida. It was not the hanging chads, okay, but it was at, I was in Palm Beach County, a lady named Teresa Lepore, a clerk, she was clerk of elections. She wanted to design the ballot so that the people, the older people in the county, uh, could read the larger print easily. So they said she designed this ballot. It had two pages to it. It had a list of candidates on the left page and a list of candidates on the right page with uh, punch holes down the center of the page. Okay, well, it was kind of confusing because Al Gore was the number two name on the list, but he was the number three punch hole. The number two punch hole was on the other side of the page, and that was Pat Buchanan. But it led to lots and lots of confusion. A lot of people uh, voted for Pat Buchanan when they meant to vote for Al Gore. Some people punched both, uh, saw what they were doing, they punched both uh, holes, which invalidated the ballot. Uh, Pat Buchanan and your surrounding counties got maybe one or 200 uh, votes. This particular county gets like two or 3,000, and he himself acknowledged that it was uh, as a result of the confusion over the butterfly ballot. Well, okay, so Al Gore uh, loses uh, uh, Florida by 456 votes. He would have won it by two or 3,000, if not 5,000 easily. He would have won Florida. He would have won the presidential election. He was adamantly opposed to the war in Iraq, just adamantly opposed to the war in Iraq. The war would never have taken place. 200,000 people were killed. $2 trillion were spent. They had Teresa LePone on morning television and saying to her, people say that you're responsible for this war. Okay, and she was in tears. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, okay, you're crying. I appreciate the fact that you're sorry, but we got all these, got these dead people and we got all this wasted money because of your tiny mistake. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. How do you uh, get into writing, by the way? What was your thing that really inspired you to put this together? Uh, well, I just kind of had the stories inside of me, and they're fun stories to tell and fun stories uh, to write about. And so it's just kind of like something that's in you that just has to get out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was fun. And it went like to another, like to another, like to another. And I uh, was having fun discussing with people as well as uh, his writing about it. And so really, it was in, the, at the, in one sense, it was done just for the pure fun of it.
I um I wonder too uh, about the things in life that would go the other way. And this is so cool to hear and read the uh, historical side of these things. So if people are interested in reading this again, what's the website? Where can people find you? Yeah. Tiny blunders, big disasters.com. Tiny blunders, big disasters.com. We have a great website. We have a, a book trailer there that a lot of people have really uh, responded to. And uh, you can see the book trailer and then you can uh, of course go on uh, from there. I'm happy to say we've had many, many, many positive reviews. Uh, from professionals as well as uh, just uh, casual uh, readers. We've got a, an excellent response, and which kind of makes you feel good as a reader. People really enjoy reading your book. Do you have like a history background? What's your What's your uh, background? No, I was a marketing major, but I've always had an interest in history. Um, being a history professor is not particularly a profitable field or doesn't have uh, too many opportunities in it, but I was always in the sales and marketing area. But I always had a, going even back to my teenage years, had a strong interest in uh, in history and the events that uh, shaped uh, the human uh, human experience. Uh, so it's just a pure interest. So did, interest. you said you were in mortgages, uh, uh, marketing, marketing. Oh, marketing. I'm sorry, I misheard. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's this is good because marketing's a very uh, good skill to have when writing a book because mm-hmm. a lot of it is self marketing and getting out there and trying to. Uh, do this and from what i understand you you already had a revision on this book so that means it must have went pretty well the first edition now yes it did uh, yes sales i'm happy to say i've been we're a bestseller on amazon uh in the several different uh, categories it's had a very strong uh, response and they continue to be strong we're in the bestseller list now for about uh, 75 days had a big launch on the, for the third of december and now we've been it's about 75 days of being on the bestseller list so that's, that's that is fun. cool so what happens now? Do you keep looking for more of these examples? Uh, what's your What's your uh, passion and things you're working on? Well, yes. Now I have a a second book that uh, uh, is uh, entitled uh, "What the Heck Were They Thinking?" And I'm still it's not written yet. What What the heck were they thinking? A review of the biggest mistakes in history. Because the first book is about tiny mistakes, and the second one is about big mistakes. And uh, it's uh, there's some big whoppers, and you uh, you look back and say, "What?" And literally from the title, "What in the heck were they thinking?" <laughs> what was going on in the run? And a lot of times, there's uh, emotional decisions that were made. And uh, uh, Adolf Hitler made so many mistakes. He could write a book just on his mistakes um, uh, by themselves. Um, in fact, I give you an example there. After the war, uh, well, I can give you, Rebecca, I'll give you an antidote here. Okay, so General Eisenhower yeah, was uh, in the Jeep, driving the Jeep, in fact. He was in the Jeep with his son, who just graduated from West Point, uh, John Eisenhower. And they were there in Plymouth, okay, this is before the D-Day invasion. And Plymouth was just a massive, massive concentration of gasoline and tanks and trucks and, uh, and men and supplies, uh, all kinds of uh, supplies needed for the D-Day invasion. And John, John's looking around and said, whoa, it's a good thing that we have control of the air. The Germans be able to do massive damage uh, to all the uh, supplies and equipment and gasoline for the invasion. And General Eisenhower somewhat irritably said, well, if we didn't have control of the air, I would not allow this concentration to take place. However, he was thinking about conventional bombers and fighter bombers. He was not thinking about the V-1 and the V-2. He didn't know about the existence of the two missile programs. And Adolf Hitler made the decision, instead of dropping the V-1s and the buzz bomb and then the supersonic V-2, dropping it on Plymouth and doing massive damage, he chose to uh, strike out of the people of London to kill uh, uh, 
grandmothers and to hit school buses and to blow up civilians and so on and so forth out of vengeance, okay? And the V1 and V2 it stood for vengeance weapons. Well, uh, after the war, General Eisenhower said that if the V1 and V2s had been uh, directed at Plymouth, it would cause the invasion to have been postponed almost indefinitely. It would cause a collapse to the invasion. Actually, the bombing began, the missiles began a day, a week after the D-Day, D-Day invasion. Well, that would have caused a collapse of the invasion. Uh, that would have changed the outcome of the war because that would have freed up a lot of the German troops on the Western Front could then go to the Eastern Front. The V1 and V2s could be directed at the Russians. The Germans could continue to develop their jet. They might have been able to uh, stabilize a, a line on the Eastern Front. Of course, the atomic bomb is in the pipeline. That meant that the atomic bomb might have been dropped on Munich and on mm. Berlin instead of on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but a whole bunch of what ifs uh, get uh, tripped into place. But, yeah, uh, no kidding. The logical, the logical thing would have been to bomb all the supplies uh, and the tanks and the weapons, as opposed to killing grandmothers in, in London. So that was a, an extremely foolish and emotional decision on Hitler's part. Can I tell you a quick fun fact about Hitler? I learned last week. Sure. <laughs> I had um, an author on. His name is Samuel Mitchum. He's wrote about forty World War II books, and mm-hmm. he acquired uh, Adolf Hitler's physician's notebook. And he had to have it translated. And, you know, we're going back to the 40s. So it's it's, uh, it's pretty old. And mm-hmm. once it's translated, there's all kinds of different drugs in there that they have no idea. You know, he sends it to a doctor friend who says, I haven't heard of any of these. Like half of them, they're, they haven't made them in 100 years. So he they have to send it off and they send them to some experts who confirm some of these things that they didn't understand. Apparently, Adolf Hitler had cocaine eye drops he was using multiple times a day. That was part hmm. of his uh, routine when it came to medicine. Cocaine hmm. eye drops. One of my favorite uh, Hitler fun facts. <laughs> I had not heard that before. There's a gentleman who wrote a book called Blitzed, and he was talking about the heavy amount of uh, drug use in the uh, Third Reich, and Hitler in particular. And there's a doctor, a quack doctor, Dr. Morrell, Morrell uh, who uh, gave Hitler uh, amphetamines and apparently opioids. Uh, at the very end, Hitler throws him out of the bunker and said, you've been giving me opioids and throws him out of the bunker. But his uh, behavior there, uh, beginning about 1941, 42, and there became very, very bizarre. And he uh, became extremely euphoric, and he would go and launch into these speeches an hour, hour and a half, a very passionate, okay, with his, uh, uh, his uh, blood uh, beating and uh, uh, his face turning bright red from his intense feelings, and had all these, uh, apparently from uh, the drug influence, and his uh, judgment uh, was not very good in those last two or three years of the war, and uh, the drug use from Dr. Morrell may have been a major factor in a lot of the foolish decisions that he made. Wow. So we only have uh, one more break here. Do you mind holding on for a couple minutes? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the book is Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, 39 Tiny Mistakes That Changed the World Forever. Tinyblundersbigdisasters.com. And one more uh, segment with our guest, Jared Knott, right after the break on KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. So the book is called Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, and author Jared Knott, who spent this hour here talking about some moments in history that could have played out very differently if some of these small things would have just been oh so different. And again, uh, tinyblundersbigdisasters.com is where you can find it online. By the way, the cover of your book, I always encourage people to at least look it up to see the cover of the book. How do you think that turned out? Uh, It turned out very well. I've got a lot of uh, compliments on the book. 
uh, I think uh, <clears throat> history can be very interesting, especially when you approach it from the personality perspective. Uh, each one of these individuals on there was uh, shown there uh, was an interesting person, and uh, people relate to people in terms of their uh, emotional experiences. And so it's not just dull, uh, dry facts about such and such a battle was fought at such and such a date and so and so and one. It's the uh, uh, the personalities. Hitler, of course, being an obvious example. John Kennedy, of course, and, uh, Edward Kennedy. Each of them had their flaws and their uh, uh, special peculiarities, which adds to the interest in the book. So, by the so way, so how many? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, how many different actual people are documented in this book through your stories? There's quite a few. Yes, I, I would guess. I don't even know exactly. I guess it's going to be 50 or 60 some odd, uh, counting everybody uh, all together. By the way, you asked about Marilyn Monroe. Here's a couple of little interesting facts about Marilyn Monroe. She was actually extremely bright, supposedly. They say that Albert Einstein had an IQ of 160, and she supposedly had an IQ of 166. And she was really intelligent. She was also a drug addict. And uh, I died from uh, drug overdose and drug abuse. But it's, it's a shame because she was a very talented uh, person and just uh, squandered it all at, uh, at the age of, uh, of uh, 36. It was too bad. Yeah, very young. It's uh, all these different stories. And again, if people go to tinyblendersbigdisasters.com, they can find uh, ways to reach out to you, find the book, things like that. That's always the best place to first look. And that's right. That's right. And uh, you can... Uh, um, of course, you can uh, read about uh, two chapters of the book uh, for free. And then, of course, you can, for $1.99, you can get a electronic uh, download. And I think it's fifteen forty-eight. I think it's something like that, uh, to get an actual copy of the book itself uh, sent to your address from Amazon. I know. So, um, this is what's going to happen. People are going to, tomorrow, they're going to think about this interview. And they're going to say, you know, I'm going to do something random. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go here when I wouldn't have gone there to change the course of time forever just for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. um, I, it's been very fascinating. Jared Knott, author of Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, which you can find online and on the website. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on KMOX. I enjoy it very much. Thank you very much. And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. I love history like that. History that comes alive, tracing things back to some of the smallest, strangest circumstances. That's such a cool idea. Uh, Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, you can look up uh, online. Coming up after the break, we'll take a look at your news, your weather here on KMOX, and we're going to actually have a couple of guests on, Adrian and Maxwell Resnick, in a book called The Stats Game, a deep dive into sports analytics in the modern era. That's kind of a cool thing, too, a deep dive. I, I like analytics. I like looking at stats and how they play out. That'll be fun. That's up next on Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.